Hebrews chapter 11 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen by it the elders obtained a good testimony it's because they believed things that they did not see namely the word of God the eyes of faith are able to hold the promise of God to believe the promise of God holding the truth in righteousness not in unbelief or disbelief but in belief God says I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you plan for good not for evil to give you a hope and future these elders the people of old they believed in the apostle here calls attention to that truth that this faith that is being described was the very means by which they had obtained a good testimony faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible we looked at this yesterday how we need faith to believe what God has done in the past what God has created and we need faith to believe God for the present and for the future and particularly we looked at the need for wisdom and discernment the need to be led by the Spirit of God by believing Him depending upon Him as is written in the book of James if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask of God God will give liberally so there's a belief without being tossed to and fro but believing that God will give what we ask Him ask and it shall be given you Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that knocketh the door shall be opened unto him, he that seeketh findeth. To believe that if we go to God and we go with a desperate cry and we go trusting that God will hear and as is written in the epistle of John, if we know that he hears, then we have what we asked of him, the petition. How does God hear us? He hears us when we do His will. He hears us when we obey Him. We believe God's good word to us. And so begins the catalog of people that God says, these are the people who made it. These are the people who trusted what I said. They asked me for things. And one particular person is able. As far as requests, there are people that are not mentioned here the writer here says by the Holy Spirit 
or the time would fail to list the others, many others, who overcame by faith. In verse 32 he said, What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Simon the prophets. Samuel and the prophets. There's a man named Jabez who was born in a circumstance and situation that was not favorable to him. He was called by association Sparrow. Pain. And this was his background. But he had faith to know that God can change the situation. His name was Grief. Sorrowful. In First Chronicles 4, verse 9, it's written, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Even though his name was pain or sorrow, his mother called him sorrow because she said, I bore him in pain. We don't know any other details. But he chose to believe God enough to call upon God. Call upon God. He had faith to believe that God can come and change my situation. The history that I have, God can come and redeem it. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. The King James and New King James says more honorable than his brothers. And so does the New Living Translation. When we look at the Amplified Version, it says that he was more, or he was honorable above his brothers. He had uh, this nobility about him. And we can say, certainly, although his name was Sorrow, he didn't do things that would give Grief continually, he had a change in his life. Some versions say that I may not cause grief, trouble to myself or others. Yesterday we spoke about how one can be a stumbling block to the recovery, spiritual recovery of others by wrong doctrine, wrong belief wrong actions, no matter how good they may feel, even this thing called a gut feeling may be altogether not from God. Which means that we need to be so close to God and keep asking for the Lord's guidance, believing that He will guide and waiting on Him 
so that by faith we make a move. Even so much as counseling and encouraging. Too often we think something is good and we jump on it and we go ahead and execute that plan that we had, which, quote-unquote, good plan may not be really good in the sight of God. Believing that God will lead and so Jabez called upon the Lord and that word honorable in the Hebrew means to have substance. One of the definitions of kabad honorable is to abound mass do with glory. Jabez was more glorious. He had honor. He had this nobility. He had this faith for sure. The real thing, the real substance. Not an empty self-sufficiency, but he looked to someone else. He realized he needs the help of someone else, and he needs the help of someone else, with a capital S, to change his future. In spite of his history, the Lord comes and gives healing. If the man was born by his mother, B-O-R-N-E in pain as she said in sorrow then it took faith to believe that God can redeem me and change my situation he carried a certain stigma but he rose above that stigma. Even in this world, there are different stigmas that people can be associated with. They can be assigned labels by Satan working through people. The stigma, a symbol of disgrace, or infamy. It's something that is not necessarily a good thing, but it attaches itself to people. People judge other people by this symbol of disgrace. They brand people stain people with cattle we know what branding means fortunately with pain the hot iron is placed upon the cattle is brand to identify that it belongs to a certain owner belongs to a certain group 
by faith we can get a a new brand branding that is not painful anymore that doesn't produce sorrow or slavery but it produces freedom it produces no longer a stigmatizing effect that can keep us down and under and in sorrow and in pain and depression but God comes and gives us a future and a hope Jabez had such a trust that God can change my future regardless of my history hallelujah Jabez called on the God of Israel we'll see in the book of Hebrews that faith speaks we mentioned yesterday David said I believed therefore have I spoken there's a declaration certainly a declaration that is eternal from a human being can only come an eternal declaration a spiritual declaration a heavenly declaration a declaration of faith by any human being can only come about by believing in God and his word because his word alone is eternal so we align ourselves with this great God who promised something like Abram and we go with him Jabez decided to go with God he stepped out of that stigma by faith and looked to the God who can give him hope and a future a good future and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying oh that you would bless me indeed not wrong to ask God to bless us it's not necessarily selfish unless we want to hoard the blessing or we focus on the blessing and forget the blesser become so wrapped up as human beings can so excited at the blessing that we tend to forget the blesser and some even forget like the nine lepers go back and give thanks to the blesser let alone follow the blesser which is the purpose for the blessing why because to be with the blesser is to be in life to run with the blessing and forget the blesser is to enter into death the blessing can turn into a curse our connection with god and our fear of god and obedience to god is foundational for life Jabez called on the god of israel saying oh that you would bless me indeed he believed god so he can ask and enlarge my territory it was not a hopeless cry there are some people in slavery to sin in the bondage to stigmatization by the devil by people and it may have an element of truth in it but it's amplified and it is brought to bear on the person as shackles there are people who cry out to god oh god change me change my situation but there's no faith involved 
Because if faith was involved, they would actually expect something to happen from heaven. Hallelujah. This man wasn't merely crying about a situation. He was believing there was an active force. There was a real substance to his prayer. He believed that God is going to answer. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. We see the results. Saying, oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. Eventually, uh, evidently, I should say, he was being closed in by the stigma. He was being held back. But he believed in the power of all powers to break the barriers. People in the world who want to break the sound barrier through some aircraft, some device, they want to break uh, the barrier of athletic goals set by some so-called legend. When everyone is under that so-called legend and all of that legend, somebody rises up and has faith to break that barrier become the new legend. And the world does it, the Bible says, to receive a crown, a wreath, that is perishable and perishing. After all, what's the use? There are many people who are Hall of Famers in this world, in the world of athletics, the world of music. There's a spirit that carries them. It's the spirit of Lucifer, spirit of selfishness. Apart from God and giving glory to God, everything comes to nothing and is futile and actually backfires on the person who spent so much and did so much to achieve something in this world. Apart from God, it's all vanity. It actually stands as a testimony that the person who worked so hard to achieve this thing or that thing has perished, and the glory perishes with that person. How long will it last before someone throws out those old trophies, changes the pictures, breaks the record that other individual who happened to be a legend quote unquote maybe for so long the image is receded into oblivion disappears but Javis looked to someone who can give him a testimony who can give him a life and a future that is eternal and that's why his name is here in the eternal word of God Eternal word of God. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. I feel trapped. I feel my history is being used against me. And notice he didn't say that he did anything wrong, but the history of the way he was born by his mother in sorrow and his brothers, people around him, his community, looked upon Jabez with a certain lens. Jabez refused to look upon himself with the same lens that others who didn't believe in God or care about God's plan for him looked at him with or through. Faith looks up, not around. People look around and look at what they see in front of them on this plane of this world will never rise above.
the shackles never break free. The people look up. They believe in a miraculous God, as we said yesterday from the book of Hebrews. God who miraculously, supernaturally brought the world into existence along with the entire universe. That God who did miracles that I see with my eyes, the evidence of those, some of it, is the God who can do a miracle in my life where there's emptiness, where there's chaos. He can bring order. He can bring light. He can give me hope. He can give me life. The same God can give me wisdom to live. Do not throw away the miracles and the blessings he gives me or misuse it or abuse it. If the devil can't keep us from getting a blessing from God, he'll try his best to corrupt that blessing, corrupt our hearts by making us focus on that car, focus on that job and that promotion and that title. Focus so much. There's a maturity and a growth that God expects that nothing really moves us that much anymore. Not that we don't appreciate what God has done, and are not excited about God's goodness, but it doesn't move us to the point where we're off balance. Like little children who forget everything when they get a toy. They may forget to brush their teeth. They may forget to eat. That is to take care of themselves, basic things. But as we always say, Knowing the living God, He works with us, He loves us, and He trains us. There ought to be something that looks beyond the horizon of our present experience. We say, Lord, you've got more to refine me, to mold me, to become a father in the faith, to become a spiritual mother. Not just to assume the title, to become a self-professing prophet, self-proclaimed prophet. The one who was given a testimony from God is God attested to Samuel the prophet and let none of his words fall to the ground because he's a man who walked in faith and his name is in the book of faith and this chapter is Hall of Faith. Jabez was certainly in the line of those people. He prayed And he was answered. His destiny changed. The destiny changed in the present world and in the future. How do we know the future world? Because he was seeking God. And as is written, as Enoch was translated, he had this testimony before the translation, this disappearance from this world and entry into heaven without dying instantly. He had a testimony that he pleased God. When we please God, he answers us. And what a request Jabez made. I want your blessing, God, and please enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain or pain won't come to me. I won't cause trouble. Trouble won't come to me. Help me, God. Help me to be right and do right and get right. Be blessed. Notice it wasn't just God give me a bigger house bigger vehicle, newer vehicle, more things, Lord. I want this and that. But I don't want to cause pain. 
there's a quality to his prayer that had to do with eternity. Righteousness, holiness. One thing I've learned and I've shared with others, and many have learned this over the years, is that when you connect God's glory, his great name and his kingdom, or we're connected to that purpose as the overarching purpose and theme of our prayers and requests to God, then whatever we need will be given to us. The Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, what is his will? Always to glorify his name because he's almighty God and it's good for the entire universe when God is glorified. When his kingdom is expanded, that's his purpose. He's building the church and everything connected to that. Even desiring spiritual gifts ought to be connected. That's the only way to receive them and to keep them and to be productive for God's glory is if we say, Lord, I want this so that I can relieve the burden of many people, not to become a fantastic super prophet or to have other people love me. Isn't there a continual battle sometimes waged by hell to always make us think of how other people perceive us and what they think of us and how they'll be wowed when they look at us or they hear us or they see what we've done. It will happen, but that's not the focus at all. It's a trap from the devil to focus on people and not on God. Focus on self and not on the cross of Jesus Christ. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me. It wasn't just for real estate he was praying. He was praying for a spiritual estate, a spiritual state where he would not cause pain or become an offense to God or to man. He wouldn't trouble himself either. Surely, the kind of pain that Jabez's mother had when she bore him did not have a connection, a moral connection, moral quality to Jabez himself. But here he's speaking of a pain that surely has a connection to a moral state. Sin causes pain, causes death. Jabez didn't just want blessings from God. He wanted to be connected with the right standing with God. That's the end of all genuine faith. To obtain a good testimony, a righteousness, right standing with God. That's what the living, saving faith is. Many people say, I have faith in this world. Or many people in this world can say, I have faith. There's a faith that is demonic, not real, genuine faith, but it's a belief in getting what one wants, bowing to the devil to get it. Believing that the devil will give it. There's another faith that is also devilish, 
but it's not seen as such because it does not have these overt items of false religion or worship of the devil. And that devilish faith is uh, the humanistic faith that believes in oneself. There's a severe limitation to that. And again, it leads to futility and emptiness and sorrow at the end. When a man says, I can build the tallest building, I can do this, I can do that, I can. I, 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 with the veritable Tower of Babel that a man erects, a woman erects. A child shoots for the stars, wants to become a star. Fascinated with the creation but stop short of giving glory to the Creator. Fascinated with the abilities, discovering one's own ability, one's own body, of what it can do and do better than other people and achieve fame and favor from people. And forget the one who gave it all. We've often heard in our ministry that faith is connected with humility. Genuine faith. We don't find arrogance in any of the people listed in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, neither in Jabez. He humbled himself. And he desired what God wanted. Solomon got much more than what he asked for from God, showing the liberality of our Heavenly Father. He hasn't changed. But his prayer was on point led by the Spirit of God. This prayer of Jabez and the prayer of Solomon when he was walking right is connected with the glory of God, the real Kabad. This weighty, noble desire that I can live for the honor of my God and thereby become honorable myself. We can ask God for anything according to His will. Anything we desire according to His will. The open-ended invitation of the Lord Jesus, the promise, the covenant, that stands for eternity, ask and it shall be given, is explained by the epistle of John that if we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us, and if we know He hears us, we have the petition we desired of Him. Faith is connected to humility, to the glory of God. If we want the faith that will save us and not leave us in misery and in hell one day, there's a demonic alternative and counterfeit to everything God gives and does. The very means to get the power that comes from God by the Holy Spirit, a pure, lasting, transforming power that brings us closer to God and makes us to achieve great things and exploits as we read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 for the glory of God can be counterfeited by the devil to give a glory and a legacy that is false that is demonic that a person will work hard to achieve it. There are some things that human beings achieve 
and God's grace is on them and so they achieve it and whatever their motive is they end up because God is sovereign benefiting society even though they were selfish in their pursuit the credit does not go to them they don't receive any honor they will perish they were simply overridden in their selfishness and God saw fit that he would use that architectural skill of that selfish person to build a bridge to benefit people the person who wanted to be that astronaut and wanted to be a star God can use that to benefit humanity but the end does not justify the means when it comes to human will and decision and motive because God is sovereign because something turned out well doesn't mean that the steps involved and the decisions of a human being is correct it takes integrity to evaluate everything properly and say lord you overrode my mistakes and my sin thank you but my job is not to go back and revisit that and redo what i've done because next time he may allow everything to fall flat but and listen faith asks god faith believes god and faith acts upon god's word and that's how the foundation and the structure of the house everything will be firm strong and never shake and never crumble faith in what God said. And Jabez asked God, his prayer was clearly connected with righteousness. It wasn't just a selfish prayer. It wasn't just, I don't want pain in my life. I don't want to be the cause of pain. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a stumbling block. We've looked at the various motivations and the differences in the faith that this world and humanity speaks of the similarities and the understanding that may have elements of genuine faith having to do with honesty when someone does something in good faith believing and trusting someone else these things have clues and semblances to the faith that God expects that has to do with humility and integrity and certainly right standing with God as Jabez prayed I don't want to cause pain to other people is connected to holiness and has said loving kindness and if one would say well you need these four pillars you need to have the integrity to be true when you come to God don't try to hide or cover up or play better than you are come as you are and let the examination proceed by yielding yourself to it before the holy spirit let everything be uncovered so that God can treat us and heal us let there be humility to sit at that examination table and confess everything believe that God can do 
the miraculous in my life. He can change my future regardless of my history. And I need to have this holiness that I want to do everything for God's glory. And I really mean it. Not just say it. A popular cliche in some of the more spiritual, quote-unquote, Christian circles and churches that it's all for the glory of God. Is it really? It ought to be. Connected to holiness. To be like God and to expand His kingdom. And we need to have love that we don't just think about the vertical, that it's just me and God, but I need to love my fellow human being because if I don't love the person I see in front of me, God asks me a question. He asks you a question. How can you love me who you have not seen? The evidence of the faith and the love for God is, it begins with where we are. That's why many, many ministers and ministries fall apart because they never come to terms with that basic truth. I need to act godly where God places me, beginning with my apartment, my house, my family, and the people I live with. I don't love that person in front of me. If I can't forgive, there's a big problem with God. Not with God, but my relationship with God. But if I do, then I'm ready to really show God that I love Him. And uh, the kind of love God speaks of is the agape love. Well, if we have honesty or integrity, humility, holiness, and hesed, love, Surely these are all built upon this foundation called faith. So it's correct to say we need these things, these four pillars, but they're founded on a genuine faith. Can't have it apart from faith, apart from the Word of God. The Bible says in Second Peter 1, add to your faith these things, virtue, knowledge, and Self-control and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity or love, this agape love. Add to your faith. So the foundation is understood when someone says, you must have, I must have these four pillars to make it to heaven and to live for God's glory. And everything I pray, genuinely touching the heart of God, opening the heavens like he did with Jabez, and Jabez was heard, so God granted him what he requested. Huge prayer to change his future, irrespective of his stigmatized history. Satan will put a stigma on us if we let him. The only way to break away from his slavery is not by willpower. A person can get out of the ghetto, but in order to get the ghetto out of the person, it takes a miracle from God, from heaven. It's not simply the external mannerisms and the way to have people skills. Yeah, there's a great breakthrough or a advantage in someone who's rather rude because that's how they learned how to behave. 
and suspect everybody. They may change their external mannerisms because they see it's not really beneficial to me. It's keeping me from getting the things that I want. And they begin to change their tune. They begin to say thank you and please more. They begin to uh, show respect, at least externally. They seem to like white people and black people and brown people and every shade in between. And they even love the purple people. And whatever color, whatever creed, they come to a point in which they say, I respect and love everybody. And you can find them on a train somewhere across Europe or on a plane to Africa or in a crowded subway in Detroit or New York City. And they've learned how to get along in this world. They know how to smile. They know how to talk nice, be nice, and they find a lot of good things happen to them. But internally, they can be just as selfish and self-driven as they used to be when they were externally rude and found out it doesn't really work to their advantage. They just changed the external coat, but the internal person is the same. So when we talk about getting that ghetto out of a person, regardless of color or creed, getting the slum out of the system, in other words, getting evil and the things that cause pain out of an individual, it takes a miracle. It takes a miracle from heaven to not just reform a person's external behavior and attitudes, perceived attitudes, mannerisms, because these are the stepping stones to success in this world. Seldom do you find rude people, crude people, arrogant people, proud people who manifest those things ever climb up. And if they do, they're hated by people and people wish their downfall and many of them fall pride does come before the fall visibly in front of the whole world but a person who begins to change the way they talk and interact with others can achieve more success and get more things in this world all of a sudden find themselves sitting at dinner with some person that they would never dream of sitting with, some nobility, quote-unquote, some head of state. How do they get there? They're talking nice. Being nice to everyone, especially the CEO. Instead of being rude and arrogant. But to what avail is all of this? It's an empty achievement. Because there's no transformation on the inside. But when a person loves, they care about others' welfare genuinely. They don't want to see people in pain. They want to be able to relieve those people's pains. But you see, gaining success in this world doesn't take saving faith. It has nothing to do 
with the faith that's spoken of in Hebrews chapter 11. The faith that comes from God, from heaven, is connected to God's holiness, His glory. The humility that is divine, the honesty and integrity that is supernatural because it completely gives itself over to a total examination by God Himself who sees everything humble enough to say, Lord, I need treatment from you. Change me, God. Anyone who does not have that attitude continually to keep coming to God for more change, not the repetition of the mistakes and doing a 360, going back to where we started, but a linear progress, progression. Being able to go from point A to point B and keep on progressing to C and D and until we reach eternity. To have a understanding that I need more. I'm, I'm not going to be smug and self-sufficient and look back and say, well, I've come a long way and begin to congratulate myself and expect respect from other people. But continue to be humble and continue to go closer to the Lord. To get more from the Lord, to be more like God. This is all predicated upon this honesty, humility, holiness, and has said this loving kindness upon a genuine faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whoever comes to God must believe that He is. He is. Not just God exists. The demons believe and they tremble. The Holy Spirit records in the book of James. That's not the kind of faith. Faith in just the existence of God. It goes beyond that. That God is. He is almighty God. And He owns the entire universe. He owns me. He owns everything. And He demands obedience. Not because He's a tyrant but because He is love supreme. His Word gives life, and He wants us to do what? Receive life. When we obey God, we're receiving light and life. How loving God is to give us commandments that are not harsh, not too hard to keep, not impossible. But He gives us that which we can do. Adam and Eve had perfect fellowship with God until they chose to listen to the imposter, the devil, and they drank poison. He offered death, camouflage his life, and ended up dying. But when we understand God's word gives the genuine life, and I need to humble myself and go to God honestly, and understand that he's trying to make me more and more holy. He wants me to be holy. He's commanded me to be holy. That's my objective, to be like the Lord. To have his nature. To be upright. And to have his kind of love, not my kind of love. The humanistic love and the world's kind of love. So all those people who act nice, they can be sitting with these bodies that are so athletic and muscular can hardly fit in that tailor-made suit. Shining teeth, hair groomed well, the epitome of health, a football star, sitting there at the interview, strapping, handsome, muscular, with this suit on, 
looking civil off of that playing field where they become barbaric to get the gold, tackle somebody, knock them unconscious if possible. Why? To get the ball into the end zone? A lot of drama that a human being can go through. God doesn't call us to be actors. And the Greek word for that is hypocrite. Or it has to do with hypocrisy. Acting. He wants us to be real. Go against the grain. Go against the futility and foolishness. And if a stigma is attempted to be put on us and the devil tries to brand us, it will never take effect because we have been branded by God. Paul said, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I'm so happy with this connection with God. I'm his bond slave. I never want to leave him. It said that a slave who served out his term, who really loved his master, would say, I don't have to be your slave anymore, or serve you and owe you. You said go free, but I love you so much. You've been so kind to me that I want to serve you and I want to be with you. And they would take that person, I understand, take his ear and go to a doorpost and strike a, a nail of sorts and put this uh, apparent branding that this person belongs to that person forever. It's no longer a slavery but it is a humble submission and love that they want to be connected to you. When they say tie the knot between married people, the bridegroom and the bride, it's a willing submission. I want to be connected to this person and I don't want to let go. That's what Jesus gives us. He says, I want to embrace you. I don't want to let go. I won't let go. I promise you. And do you have the same commitment to me? Do you believe me when I tell you I can bless you indeed? I can enlarge your territory. I can keep you from sin so that it won't grieve you, cause trouble to anyone. I can do it. I can bless you indeed. My hand can be with you. Joshua and Caleb believed God for the impossible. There are literal giants there. Imagine seeing people not just a seven foot two basketball player, but maybe nine eleven feet. Can you imagine that? Twice the f- the size in feet of the average person, perhaps at least twice the size. In some cases, to go against an army like that, and certainly they wouldn't have been thin as a rail. Like David, they looked to God to make a change. Change for the better, to give victory, to get them out of that slum. In the wilderness, the same God who took them out of the slavery in Egypt. In our spiritual life, we receive things by faith. If we want to get out of the constant cycle, vicious cycle of love and hatred and holding grudges, And committing and recommitting the same sins 
We need to believe that God can change it. And we need to ask Him and expect that our God is faithful to give to those who believe Him, His Word. Along with that faith, the four pillars must be in view. Not everyone is conscious of it, but the people in the Bible certainly evidenced that they understood. You can't go to God and try to get something off of him to rip him off. Will a man rob God? Can we go to God and try to deceive him like Jacob did to Isaac? Get me a blessing and I know what I'll do with it. God, doesn't he see the heart and the motives? Won't he allow us to trip and fall flat if we come to him in the wrong way or seek to run away from him? Not because he needs us, but because because we need him. If we run away from him, there's death. If we stick with him, there's life and that more abundantly. A child that's rebelling against the parent and says, let me go, as we heard on Sunday or the last Sunday. Parent holding the child's hand firmly crossing the street. Let me go. I want to run. Look, there's a puddle in the middle of the road. I know cars are coming, but I want to dance in that puddle. And the child's feeling that squeeze of the parent's hand becomes uncomfortable and the child becomes angrier. Let me go. I don't want you. I don't want you to hold me. Don't touch me. I want to go and run and play. The parent is holding it. The hand of that child, the arm of that child because of the love and the protection that the parent wants to give the child from danger, from death. We can rest assured that God always seeks to protect us and bless us. Now we don't want to let go of his grip. The Bible says in Hebrews, we've been reading, hold fast. God is holding fast to us out of love because he cares for us. He doesn't want us to perish. Shouldn't we hold fast also? How much more? If the Father embraces us tightly, Jesus hugs us tightly, and we're safe and secure and full of his love and his embrace, knowing everything else is from the devil, everything else is danger out there. People talk about street smarts and the practical wisdom in the earth. In this world, and parents say, watch out for strangers. Don't take candy from strangers. Don't get in the car with a stranger, no matter how enticing that person is, what they promise those people. When it comes to the devil, who warns the children about the devil? Don't go with that person that seeks a relationship with you. If they don't know God, they don't love God. Because they'll drag you down to hell. Don't sign that contract for a job that promise you, promises you more money, bigger houses, more visibility in your profession, in your trade, in your business ventures. 
all the perks and everything, but is it God's will? Who can see the devil's snare in all those good things that appear to be good? Quote, unquote. Who will warn us from the boogeyman about the man that comes to cause trouble? Who will keep us from the thief and the robber? Who can expose the wolf that's masquerading as a sheep? But the Almighty God. And so he seeks to protect us. God seeks to protect us and to bless us. He'll release us from the slavery of Satan's stigma. God takes the past away to give us a hope and a future provided we come to him in genuine faith expecting that when I ask God to change me I know I don't deserve it who deserves anything good from God no one but God says I'm giving you a banquet I'm giving you favor I'm giving you everything I have because I love you now would you believe me enough to ask me and when you ask me, would you expect that I'm going to do it for you? It's as simple as it gets. And from the definition of faith and the simple analysis we've done on the people of faith, from the scriptures, from the Holy Spirit's revelation, not our own revelation, you see, we need to have those four pillars they're all connected to genuine faith, saving faith. Jabez is not recorded in Hebrews 11. Perhaps God will consider him a prophet. He prayed a prayer that changed his destiny. He had believed. He believed. And where praying and belief doesn't necessarily constitute a prophet or prophetic calling. There's nothing to say that he may be absolutely categorically eliminated from the list of prophets in God's book. At the very least, a person deserving to be in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11. He overcame obstacles by trusting God and asking God and expecting from God and he got it. The ultimate boogeyman or bogeyman, as they say, is not a myth or mythical creature who brings fear to children at night. He's a spirit of darkness that goes about trying to bait, first and foremost, those whom God is calling out of darkness. Secondly, God's people who he's called into the light, and they've come into the light, so he's forever scheming to get us back to darkness. We need to know that we can pray against that. 
We don't want to be a pain, cause grief to God first and foremost, or to human beings. Certainly not to ourselves. If God says, I'll give you a new house, I'll give you a new job, I'll give you this and that, all kinds of blessings materially, we are not to refuse it with some false humility and unbelief. We have to embrace that by embracing God, believing Him that He has a purpose when He gives me something, some promotion. He wants me to make His name known. Hallelujah. To glorify Him and bring people to Him. The job that He places me in, I'm supposed to be a soul winner right there. If I'm not, I've failed. I've failed in my duty before God. I've missed the purpose. It's not simply to provide for my household. I have to look beyond that. How can I bring people into the household of faith? By being a person of faith. But I want to pray with all the things that I need. God knows what we need. He knows we need physical healing, deliverance. God cares so deeply. He died for that. By stripes we healed, spiritually and physically. We can claim that we can go to Him. But we also must pray, Lord, I want that heart of mine to not be offensive to you at all. Let me be a pleasing sacrifice, Lord. And may I not cause pain to other people. If the pain comes because of truth and I'm walking in truth, then Jesus said I came to bring a sword, three against two in a family, two against three. But let it not be because of my moral failure my selfishness. Whatever pain comes in this world, let it be a good pain that can bring healing. Cause people to think, as we said yesterday in closing now, when we address a fellow brother or sister or one who professes to be and is comfortable in backsliding and blaming everyone else. And we look them in the eye and tell them, stop being foolish. At some point, Instead of coddling them, I know, I care about you, and can I get you this and that, while they're spending that on evil purposes and damaging themselves more. Being nice and being good, quote-unquote, is actually giving them poison. But rather, reprove them and say, how long will this continue? How long will you blame God? Do you know you can get into a state where you're trapped in hellfire, Will you be blaming forever, crying, but will never be heard? It's not a delusion or an illusion. It'll become reality. Be careful. You've got to repent. Don't hang around people who tell you otherwise because they're lying to you, no matter how nice they seem. At some point, we need to be able to speak by faith and with boldness because we're connected to God, holiness, integrity the honesty, the humility and real love with real faith that when I say the words the Holy Spirit wants me to speak to shake somebody awake so they don't get burned in the fire and die regardless of how painful it may seem to them let that be a good medicine to cleanse them from the lies they've been fed and have been feeding themselves to tell them 
you're going to come to a dead end and you can't get out. But you have a chance today. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't go that way anymore. Do the right thing. Turn around. Turn around. Don't hold that grudge. Don't seek inventions on how to be unmerciful to people who did you wrong. Rather seek to imitate the loving God and let those feelings of anger go and let unbelief go. Seek God's favor and ask Him to take away your pain and to prevent you from being a pain to other people. The only good pain is a pain that will turn a person around from darkness to light, make them face themselves and think. To consider. Somebody told me I smell like vomit. That I'm living in vomit by my own choosing. That really hurt. I don't like to hear that. How dare they say that? These feelings can come up, but a person who God has touched, they start thinking to themselves, you know, that person is absolutely right who told me the truth. Everybody else told me some sweet nothings. They kept me comfortable in my vomit till I suffocate and die and perish. But this person told me, I'm choosing to live in vomit and to get out. Well, there's still time. Let that pain be. Don't interfere with that pain. Because if we do, we'll be causing them eternal pain and misery. Every other pain that I may cause an offense to people and prevent them from getting close to God because of my selfishness or my own two cents, my humanistic feeling, my gut feeling, that I ought to do this and do that, impulsivity, let it all cease. Lord, I don't want anything. Let me be patient and like a weaned child. Learn to sit and wait and listen, Lord. I do have the latitude. I can pick up the phone anytime I want. God has given me the latitude, but He wants me to see. And He wants to see whether I'll use that freedom in His way, in His time, or abuse it like Adam and Eve did. What a wonderful quality this self-control is too be able to restrain myself from saying things and doing things that I think may be helpful, quote-unquote, when God has nothing to do with it. He says it's not. And I get angry if somebody says what you did was not helpful because it goes against what I desired to do and what I thought. Because rebuke and reproof show me up for the mistake I've made. But the humble person will say, you know, I may be feeling these things rising up in the flesh, but I'm shutting it down because it's from the devil. I'm going to humble myself and listen in turn. So that I don't become a cause of pain to other people. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. That your hand might be with me. You keep me from causing pain. On the contrary. Lord, that you may bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory that your hand might be with me. Make me a blessing. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. Make me a blessing. 
Make me a blessing, Lord. Make me a blessing. To you and to people, Lord. To tell the truth. To walk in love and humility and faith. Desiring true holiness, Lord. Help us be done with the corruptible things. Corruption. Selfish things. Lord, help us to go after the true way, the way of righteousness, with honesty with ourselves first. Help us to be brutally honest against the flesh in our own lives. To render it dead, as is recorded in Romans 6. Not allow to get any life. To walk in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to refocus for those who have gotten off focus. And for those who have been focused and getting closer to you, to strengthen the stakes even more. And the roots go even deeper. We've become more immovable, Lord, in the faith. Going from being children to youth to fathers, being able to strengthen and train other people and disciple other people truly in a perfect way to pleasing you Lord thank you Lord in Jesus name thank you Father thank you for alleviating the pain Lord the troubles Father we're facing different Father keep us Lord from pain and from causing pain help us Jesus but you what you called us to be, Lord, to be that and to focus on that. At the same time, Lord, the, the problems that we face, Lord, you, you ask us to come to you through the pressures and the problems to ask you, Lord, and believe you, Lord God, who does the miraculous, relieve the suffering, Lord, of your people. Lord Jesus, that we may testify to others that I was in trouble and I had pain and I was also causing pain God changed my life around He blessed me indeed and He made me a blessing He can do that for you Lord help us to have such a testimony God I pray that it won't be tarnished Lord with any selfish thing that we do or think but Lord it will become more and more of an example and shining testimony because we're feeding the genuine faith through the Word of God that exposes everything that is not good and leads us to that which is true. Thank you and praise you, Father. Thank you for blessing us this day already with the Council. And I pray that you direct our steps, Lord, every decision that needs to be made today, Lord, I pray. Oh, Father, May your good hand be with us. May we follow the path of wisdom, seeking you, Lord, and waiting upon you, Lord. Letting you lead us. Not trying to co-lead with you. Blessed be your name, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.